Milner. Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes towards Lundgren. Hello and welcome back to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have our co-host Logan Stump. That's me. And Matt Hartgrove. Is is my mic on? I, uh, hello. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because it's not giving me the, the little mute thing. But Oh, okay. Yeah. You're there. At first I thought we lost Logan because it took him a while to respond. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, no, no, we lost Matt. Um, but we got everybody here, and we're going over match week seven, I think it is, whatever one we're on. Uh, we're going to be going over the spooky season of games. That's right, the games that took place over Halloween weekend and into today, actually, Monday. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just get into it. There's been a lot of changes to the top four. And some changes in the relegation zone for the first time in a while. I had to change the current relegation zone standings. So I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, so let's get into it. Friday, October 30th was Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Crystal Palace. And Wolves win that one 2-0. That was a 4 p.m. game due to the time changes. Logan, I must call you out on this. Uh, your joke prediction you made... You were incorrect. Uh, you said 11 to 10 Wolves. It was 2 nothing Wolves. Uh, you, got, you got the winner right in that one, but in your real prediction, you got the winner wrong. You had Palace 3-1. Uh, Matt had a 1-1 draw, and I had, like every game this week, a 2-2 draw, which I shockingly did not get right on any of these. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 18 minutes in, Nori scores for Wolves, and then 27 minutes in, Podence, is that how you say it? Podence, uh, scores uh, for Wolves to make it 2-0. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match, Logan? So, I think that Wolves, um, and I know you're going to talk about the table, and especially the top of the table now, um, but Wolves have really strung a couple of games together here, and, you know, the Having watched them play City um, in their in City's first match, I thought they looked decent. Um, they had a good second half against City, the very first start of City's season, and then I've just kind of followed them as they've gone. And I, I'm really impressed. Like I, I thought with all the guys that they were selling off, um, that they'd take somewhat of a downturn, but it doesn't seem like that's coming anytime soon. And I think uh, when you look at it, they kind of remind me of Leicester a little bit. You know, sell people off, but then bring people in and. You know, it's a good it's a good thing for a club that size because I think that they've got they've got the guys that they need uh, to really perform well. Uh, I really like Nuri. Um, I thought that was a good signing before the transfer uh, deadline came. Um, I think Podence is playing really well. NATO is playing really well, and then Raul Jimenez is one of the top strikers in the Premier League. So I think that the Wolves is a good side. Uh, as you referenced there, they're in sixth place uh, currently in the table, uh, but they're tied with even the fourth place team on points. So uh, it could be, uh, it's going to be a crazy season. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on uh, how Palace is doing? They're actually now down to 13th. They've kind of been on and off three wins, one draw, three losses. They've been pretty middle of the road. Uh, any calls to worry here? No, I mean, they're, I wouldn't see any type of worry for them. They're better than the 
really I would consider the bottom five teams, which I'm sure we'll kind of get into a lot with them. Um, but they have enough talent to, to remain in that mid-tier. Uh, Wolves are probably just a little bit too good for them. Um, and honestly, that's kind of been the case every single season. <laughs> Wolves are going to probably be a little better than, than Palace anyway. But there's no reason to worry. They're, they still have plenty of talent to, to stick up and not really worry about seeing something crazy happen and possibly even fighting for relegation. So I don't see anything with it. Moving on, Saturday, October 31st, Halloween, Manchester City uh, get their treat against Sheffield United. 1-0 win. Kyle Walker scores 28 minutes in. Logan, as a Manchester City fan, Sheffield being where they are in the table, uh, which is 19th, wouldn't you have expected maybe a little bit more there? Yeah, just a little bit more. I think... um... The first half, they absolutely dominated in City fashion. The only problem was that every single ball put in was to Torres, and he just doesn't have the finishing qualities that somebody like Jesus or Aguero would have. And I think that, you know, the way that they played, Raheem Sterling played really well. Um, the defense looks fantastic. and But like you said, I mean, against the 19th spot, um, and I don't think Sheffield's that low anyway. I think they're a little bit better than what they've been playing. Um, even if it's just, you know, bottom half of the table, I think they're a little bit better. But again, I, I wasn't too concerned because I saw the way they, they did defend pretty well against Liverpool. Uh, and I think goals are harder to come by with them, but they're never going to outscore you. I would have liked, you know, two or three. Just to say that, you know, it's not a 1-0 victory against a team that belongs at the bottom half of the table this year. But I mean, I was pretty impressed with the way City attacked. I, was, I thought that their first half was fantastic, and Sheffield tightened the screws in the second half, which I figured they would. They would adjust to, you know, getting Torres out of there so that he doesn't score because um, he had three or four opportunities early on to, to put some damage on him, um, but never really got it going. And then Kyle Walker played well, and I think he's played – He's probably been one of the highlights of City's season so far. But I do think that City is starting to find their footing a little bit more, um, especially with Foden and the way he's playing. And, and when you do play him, he, he makes all the difference. Um, but again, I, I'm not too concerned, um, only because I think that their game coming up this weekend will be a real test of, uh, and, and it'll show, you know, I think that they're finally finding um, some positive light. So. Matt, are you scared at all about City uh, coming up here on the weekend with this, uh, how they played against Sheffield at all? I'm always scared of going to City. Uh, <laughs> um, they played well. I I think City and Liverpool are fairly evenly matched teams with evenly matched injury issues, especially if you're not going to see, you know, Gabriel, it sounds like he might be back, but it sounds like Aguero definitely won't be. And on Liverpool side, you don't really know who's going to be starting on defense. So it'll be a good game. Um, I don't have it feeling any different than normal, though. I think those games are always pretty well played by both teams. Um, I was going to disagree a little with something Logan said. Uh, I, I personally think Sheffield might be one of the worst three teams. In yeah, the that's what I'm thinking too. Um, if they're gonna have to, if if they're gonna be better than they are, they have to start turning it on very soon. Yeah, the the thing you'll see with you know we we joke around with Fulham, we joke around with West Brom, but the one thing you know that they can do is they can score goals, <laughs> um, which I think gets you a few extra points in the end. But a team that is having trouble scoring, you know, defense is great and all, but. The problem with them is that they go 1-0 down, and even then I was watching it going, all right, City don't really have to do anything. They're, I don't really see how, unless it's, unless you foul them in the box and get a penalty, I don't see how they score from open play. And at that point, I think you have to put them probably behind the Fulham and possibly behind West Brom. They Really, them and Burnley are trying kind of combating for the worst attacks in the in the league right now um and i think that's a that's a big problem for them and something they should really be worried about 
Yeah, Sheffield, uh, definitely not the team. They're definitely not the same team they were last year with uh, how well they were last year. I don't know what's wrong there, if they're just coming back down to earth or or what, because they had a great season last year. And I guess they just, you know, you can't always keep that stuff, uh, keep that stuff going on. Uh, after that, we had Chelsea versus Burnley. That was a 3-0 win for Chelsea, 26 minutes in. Zayek scores for Chelsea, 63 minutes in. Kurt Zuma, 70 minutes in. Timo Werner. Uh, Werner replaced Pulisic in the lineup, uh, who was supposed to start. And uh, actually, he slipped during training out there and had a small minor feeling, is the way Frank Lampard described this in his hamstring, which is what he injured back in uh, the FA Cup final. Uh, and uh, Lampard said it's definitely not right to go into 90 minutes of a game with that. Hopefully it's short term. We're talking weeks. It just came out as well that that means Pulisic is going to miss the U.S. Uh, friendly that takes place on the 12th of this month. So he will be out for that. Uh I was a little bit more worried about this beforehand, before everything kind of came out about this. I am kind of upset it is the hamstring still. For me, I feel like that means he hasn't actually been fully fit this whole time if it's the same little nagging injury. Uh, I thought maybe when he slipped, he rolled an ankle or even did something to like re-injured it, but it sounds like it's still just something there. And when he slipped, he kind of felt something kind of pull on it and they're kind of being uh, a little more cautious on it but i'll talk a little bit more about that on stateside soccer show when we look at our americans abroad but mainly here chelsea win three nil uh and you know timo Werner is now kind of on the score sheet kind of consistently now he's starting to get his groove going zayek uh, i think he scored in the champions league yes he did and here he is again scoring in the league for his first league goal. So the Chelsea attack coming to life. Uh, the defense since Mendy has been goalkeeper has been pretty uh, outstanding, wouldn't you say, Logan? Yeah, so three clean sheets and three matches in Premier League this year. I think it was... Plus think, the Champions League plus match. Plus the Champions Sevilla, League. Yeah. yeah. So I think that in total he's played like six in goal for Chelsea. And I think he's got five clean sheets and only allowed one goal. Um, it looks like they solved the problem back there just because he's so solid. And I, and I think when your defense and city kind of went through this, some like when you've got four guys back there that are trying to find a way to play with each other, I think you need somebody that anchors it. And I think Tiago Silva anchors it. I think Mendy anchors it. I think that that helps having that really strong defensive, especially center back. Um, and I think that's what Liverpool ends up missing, uh, with Van Dyke out. I think that, Chelsea have it figured out, and they're going to score the hell out of the goal. Uh, I mean, just goals and uh, fast-paced play and just uh, attack, attack, attack. So I don't know if you're ever going to see um, teams beat them, you know, 5-4, because I, I just don't see them scoring now against Mindy because uh, he's been so good. I it, I was really impressed with the way that uh, Zayich played, and I, I'm impressed with just Chelsea's attack in general. I think Timo Werner... Um, once he gets going forward, he's almost impossible to stop because he's so fast. And I know we've talked about this a ton, but again, I, it, with Pulisic, they're they're almost too fast for for a lot of defenses. And, and I don't know if there's anybody besides you know bigger clubs that can really hang with Chelsea. And this is why Jordan. This is why we've talked about Chelsea <laughs> being up there at least competitive, especially now with Liverpool and City. Not playing up to what they normally do, I think that Liverpool's first place. Yeah, but still, <laughs> if you look at no, but if Chelsea's you look at seven. Liverpool, and I get it, but like I get you wanting to be pessimistic towards Chelsea. Like I'm not. I understand. I'm realistic. So, what are you going to say about Liverpool? Okay, I, I I will get to Liverpool when we get there. Okay, will you chill out? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but I, I do. I think that Chelsea has a much better team than you're willing to give them credit for, Jordan. Um, and I think that they will challenge Chelsea and City because I, I I think that they're easily the third Chelsea's best. Chelsea's going to challenge themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but no, I think they are. Uh, Leicester will, will. I think they'll play well, but I'm not as impressed with them. I mean, yeah, they scorched City, but 
I, I'm not, I'm not sold yet. So I think Chelsea easily are the third best team in the Premier League. I no no uh, I I take uh, I say the top three teams right now are probably the best three teams in the Premier League. That's Liverpool, Leicester, and Tottenham. I think right now I can't see. I mean, Leicester eight goal differential, fifteen points. No, you know, uh, only two losses, no draws. Uh, Chelsea has those three draws that are really holding them back. Uh, we'll see. I. I think they'll get top four, maybe, but I'm not still thinking they're going to put on a big challenge for the uh, for the title this year. Um, Matt, any thoughts on Chelsea, Burnley? And also, Burnley is a very bad team right now, so I'm not taking much from this match. Oh. They're, they're 20th <laughs> place. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I need to stop, uh, stop starting Nick Pope as my goalkeeper in fantasy because that defense... Their defense isn't good, and they have no attack. It's a worst-case Sheffield, basically. Sheffield at least can play defense pretty well. Burnley looks lost um, everywhere. But Chelsea, I I do like what Mendy's brought to them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say he's fixing it, but I do think with a goalkeeper, I think that changes how you can look at your defense because when – Adrian was out and Van Dyke went out. That felt like, or when Adrian was playing and Van Dyke went out, it felt like a monstrous type of. It it felt that felt too much to overcome. And Allison got back quicker, and now honestly, with Allison back there, it feels better. Which I feel like, in a way, is what Chelsea's looking for. Is that I don't think the back four is something that you're going to look at and go, "This is." top quality but if Mindy plays to his ability and and steps up and continues what he's doing I think that solves a lot of defensive issues and Chelsea can start to to rattle off a lot of wins here and get to that top three that Logan and I both seem to think they are yeah I, I don't know I think part of it is not just Mendy though I, I do think uh Silva has actually come on very well after his disastrous first game <laughs> that he had uh, for Chelsea. I think he's been kind of solid back there. Um, so let's get to Liverpool, who you were just alluding to there. Liverpool 2, West Ham 1. That was on Saturday as well. Uh, Logan and Matt, you guys nailed this result 2-1. Uh, I had the 2-2 draw. That uh, once it was... Once... Uh, once it was 2-1, I was like, okay, just one more goal, West Ham, and we can get my my 2-2 draw. But it didn't happen. Ten minutes in, Fornal scored for uh, West Ham. 42 minutes in, Salah with a penalty. And 85 minutes in, the new boy, Diogo uh, Jota, uh, scoring. Your thoughts, Matt, on uh, how Liverpool played? West Ham's been pretty decent this year, uh, though they are slipping... <coughs> a bit now, but uh, how, how do you think they played? Uh, the game itself was honestly exactly what I expected with a Liverpool-West Ham game. Um, West Ham is very physical, and without Van Dyke, I knew, and Matip, that was going to be a bit of an issue. Um, but, you know, they had next guy up, Matt Phillips, who's never played in the Premier League, comes in and, and does a really solid job. Um, the only goal was more so at a, a bad clearance by Joe Gomez and a really good finish from Fornals. Um, but they, they played well. I, you know, it's they definitely seem like their depth has taken a leap forward. Having Jota and Shakiri coming off the bench instead of Origi being the only option, I think that's going to be a big, big game changer for their season. Um and they're getting, hopefully, getting some people back. You know, Keita, Matip, and uh, Costas are all apparently traveling to Italy. So hopefully, we get them back as well and, and see what they can do with a bit more of a stacked midfield. And hopefully, they, they could use Matip and Tiago, especially back for City. Um, but as long as they. as long as they stay relatively healthy and maybe they got through the worst of their injury period. Van Dyke is going to be missed, but watching them, I don't think they're playing in a 
they're not in that down mode anymore where it's like, oh, Van Dyke's out. I think they kind of are looking at it more so like we have to step up and, you know, this is just another hurdle. And they do look, they are looking impressive. You know, they find ways to win. Um, and honestly, I think Shakiri and Jota could be a big, big, like X factor, I guess, uh, in terms of late goal scoring, um, especially with Firmino struggling. But they they're doing what they do best, which is grind out wins. Now, um, you know, it's they don't win many games where you're feeling super confident while watching it because it's usually one goal difference. <laughs> but they've responded really well. They that whole Everton game happened, and they've come back and got the wins that they should be winning. And hopefully, we can see it continue. Logan, uh, your thoughts at all on uh, Liverpool-West Ham, 2-1? Before this, I was watching um, Robbie, uh, what's his name? Um, Not Musto, the other one. Uh, I always forget his last name. Robbie Earl. Robbie Earl. Yeah, Earl, yeah. Um, And and they were going over, and Tim Howard, too, going over like Liverpool's defense since Van Dyke's been gone. Um, And just some of the things that they do. I I understand like they they've been pretty solid, um, but again I, I think it'll be interesting just to see where they go from uh, from here. Just because I think when they play bigger teams, it, I want to see I want to see that back four like Matt said. I want to see the back four do some things before you know I jump down on on Liverpool. And like Matt said, Liverpool wins in Liverpool fashion. Uh, it seems like everything that they win is one goal. And like he said, they're they're not flashy by any means, but they, they just win. I, I mean, and that's what Klopp, I feel like that's what he's just done. Like, I just feel like he wins. And, and Liverpool's, uh, that's why they're the champions. I, I think it's just, they just grind out wins. Um, whereas City, they if they got down one goal or two goals, there's no way we come back. Uh, it's just not in our blood to, to lock down. Um, whereas Liverpool's been the opposite. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with Liverpool pool and once they're kind of healthy back there and on defense it'll be interesting to see how the big clubs play against them um so i guess their first test might be this weekend moving on to sunday november 1st we had uh kind of an odd game uh aston villa three southampton four a reason why i say it's an odd game if nobody saw this or was following it the first four goals are Southampton. Uh, 20 minutes in, Vestergaard. Uh, 33 minutes in, uh, Ward Prowse, who, yes, I did sign him on FIFA all the way back in FIFA 13. So I feel like I should take credit for some of that. 45 minutes in, Ward Prowse scores again. And then 58 minutes in, Danny Ings scores to make it 4-0. Then 62 minutes in, Tyrone Mings scores for Villa. Then 90 plus third, Ollie Watkins with a penalty kick, and then 90 plus seven, Jack Grealish to make it 4-3. Uh, what what a game. <laughs> Logan, any thoughts on, uh, I mean, Southampton was cruising. What what happened that turned the tide here? I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, I, maybe they relaxed. I have no idea. When, But what, like when you're laughing, I, I was watching going, oh, God, Southampton. I mean, they're up in fifth. And I was like, man, they look really good. And, and, and Villa Ames, was so good earlier. Yeah, season, especially. Yeah, yeah and, and they'd attack well, and they shut them out. Like, they're going to put up nil against... I was like, man, Southampton, they're really impressive. I like what um, Ward-Prowse, like, what he gives them. I mean, any time that he is a set piece, it's like, well, that's going to go in. Um, it's just the way it feels right now. Danny Ings scores, I think, he and uh, he's right behind Mo Salah, I think, with, like, 15 goals in 2020. Um Whereas, uh, you know, Salah's got 17. And I am. I'm just impressed with, with Che Adams. I think that uh, Walker Peters is good. I mean, just going down the list of them. And I was like, man, th- this team is going to do something. And then they they let Aston Villa back into it with three goals, like, right at the end. I mean, I think it was, what, the last 15, 20 minutes that all three of them came within that span of time. But And, again, Villa seems to be scoring at will, um, so it seems. But... Uh, I don't really know what to make of it. I don't know what happened. I'm confused by it. It wasn't like momentum. Um, Danny Ings did get hurt. Maybe that had something to do with Aston Villa thinking like, oh, he's hurt. Maybe we can score four. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the what the reasoning is behind it, but who, who knows? 
it's a weird year. Yeah, the, these are the kind of results that really nail uh, the NFL style any given Sunday for the Premier League this season, where really anybody can win any of these matches. It's, it's really been a crazy season so far. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on Aston Villa or Southampton? Or are we, are you, are you moving on to uh, Newcastle Everton? Yeah, I don't have too many thoughts. I mean, it's two pretty well attacking teams going against each other, ended with the team that made more plays. Really, you know, they're they're going to be fight. They're kind of in the same level. I, I don't think Villa are going to be top like they have been, I think that you're going to start seeing them revert a little back to the mean um, in terms of uh, goals. I actually saw a stat today that in terms of overperforming their, if you look at the XG stat, they're, they're overperforming by the most. Um, I think it was by almost by a full goal in terms of what they've scored per game and their um, XG rating per game is. So I do think you'll see them, you know, slow down, but, They'll still be up there. They have nice attacking options. Same with Southampton. And luckily, Ng's injury doesn't seem too serious. So that'll be big for them. And they're safe. They're, I don't think either of them have to worry about relegation. All righty. Uh, Newcastle 2, Everton 1. This was also on Sunday. Uh, Callum Wilson... 56 minutes in, has a penalty for Newcastle. 84 minutes in, he scores another Goal, and then 90-plus two minutes in, Calvert-Lewin continues his uh, goal-scoring form for Everton. Everton kind of sliding down. They're in fourth right now. They're only three points behind Liverpool, which is in first place. So they're still hanging on there. Uh, But any calls to be worried there, Logan, at all? Yeah, they can't beat good teams. Uh, They can beat... They beat Spurs. Yeah, but Spurs wasn't playing well at that time. I, I mean, they they just had gotten out of the gate. So I, I like they beat Spurs one nil, and Spurs ever since has gone on an onslaught. So I'd love to see them play them again. But again, I you know there's games where they've they've looked uh, almost like content with uh, the points that they got early on, and now they're kind of like okay, now we can go back to where we belong because that's the way it feels. And Matt, I, I know you probably feel the same just watching them play like they played well against Liverpool but Liverpool was in shambles after all that stuff happened so I don't I don't know I don't see them being in the top four very much longer uh Matt any thoughts on your crosstown rivals there (laughs) um I I agree with Logan I think Everton fans I I think it's a, a step back for Everton fans if they we're thinking, you know, top four. I, I don't personally see it after the last few weeks. I think what this game has shown and what the last few weeks has shown, similar to what Logan said, the, the bigger teams, yeah, they got, they did get Tottenham at the start of the year, which, you know, Tottenham are a much different team in terms of how they've been playing since then. But even then, they, you know, they beat West Brom, who obviously is, you know, down in the relegation area even more so now. Um, their game against Palace, they won 2-1, but in in a sense, they, they won that game, but the first goal was one of the, the penalties where it wouldn't have been a penalty last year. And then similarly, you had sim- the Liverpool game where the last goal got ruled out due to somewhat of the same rule in terms of what part of the arm it can hit um, and what's considered goal scoring. So they weren't they're they're a few bar decisions away from last year for losing a, probably at that point you're looking at a draw against palace and a loss against liverpool which is a loss of three points already there and you're just kind of talking about them differently i think at that point um and their depth is not good <laughs> you know the moment they lose one player they are clearly not as good as they once were. And it doesn't matter, it seemed like who, but I know they're missing about three or four this past Sunday. Uh, this past Sunday, But even in the game against Southampton, they were only really missing Richarlison, and they still looked like they were struggling mightily. So I, I think there's a lot to be concerned in terms of if you expected them in Champions League spots. Um, but 
battling for Europa is probably more so where you're going to see him the rest of the year. All right. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Oh, Logan's Crosstown Rivals. Manchester United, nil. Arsenal, one. Uh, Logan predicted this scoreline, correct? Logan, I think you got most of these right <laughs> this week. Uh, I knew the outcome before. You got, you got two. You got two out of the three so far, which is pretty good. Uh, Matt said 1-1 one, one draw. I said 2-2 two, two, draw. 69 minutes in, Aubameyang <laughs> scores a penalty uh, for Arsenal. And, man, from what I was watching, uh, Arsenal had most of the control of this game, a lot of attacks. United did not really have much at all uh, from what I saw uh, when I was watching like the first half or so um, while waiting for uh, the plumber. Uh, to show up. Um, so, Arsenal, uh, if, if for people that don't know, uh, Logan and Matt continually text each other saying how boring Arsenal looked. <laughs> I thought they looked, uh, pre- I thought they looked a lot better in this game, but, uh, Man United, uh, talk about boring. They're in 15th place, negative four goal differential, <laughs> seven points. Uh, two wins, one draw, three losses after six games. Uh, what is going on there, Logan? Uh, they can't create anything. I don't. I I told Matt this too. I ran through this stat last time. Like they they their big chances created. They're like almost dead last. I think they're 18th in big chances created. So chances that should equal a shot. And they don't ever like. I whenever I watch the game, I like, I don't even remember them getting a shot on goal at all. Uh, and the only two that seem to have that come to mind, Donny Van de Beek in this one, he gets one I think in like the last ten minutes of the game sometime, where he puts one and it ricochets off of Leno's face and could have gone in, but it would have been kind of like an own goal kind of situation because it was like off of the defender's foot, off of Leno's face, and it went straight up into the air. And then the only other the only other time I can remember United really looking threatening was Cavani came on, I think it was a week ago, and he almost put one in when he first came in. But, I mean, then you look at them play Champions League, and I'm, I'm like, that's not the same team that's playing in the Premier League. So then I'm wondering, is the Premier League that good? Are we that deep? Where, I mean, they're, they make the other European clubs look like a joke. Or is, like, United on some kind of weird... Like they play well this game, these games, but they don't care about the premier. I don't know. It, United just look all sorts of a mess and don't look like they have anybody that's going to score for them. And to be fifteenth in in a table, or are they fifteenth or sixteenth? Fifteenth. Fifteenth. Okay. They have a game uh, was, in hand. They have a game in hand, and if they win that, they're up to twelfth. But it's still that's not fair. great. Right. So I don't know. I, I don't understand and maybe you know or somebody else knows out there why they don't play van de beek because i don't think they're getting any creativity in the middle and that's kind of where they're lacking at this point i don't think anybody knows why they're not playing van de uh, van de beek um what do you not think though coach knows. no no he doesn't <laughs> I th- the rumors are right that he didn't want him <laughs> and that uh that's how he's showing that to the board but uh, stick it to him. Yeah, if you're Ole Gunnar Soskar, you don't have much uh, wiggle room right now. You're in 15 plays. And uh, if he helps you and he helps your team, I don't know why you'd be like, ah, I'm just not playing. He's not my guy. Like, that makes no sense uh, whatsoever. So, to me, I, I don't know if I can believe that because if it is, it's just stupidity. Because if he gets fired because he's not playing the most optimal lineup, then that that's just, you're not using every tool at your disposal then. That, that'd be like having, I don't know. I, I can't even, because th- we haven't even really seen what he can do, you know, except for when he was at Ajax. But like, we don't, everybody was talking him up, saying he's going to be a good signing. And then he's barely ever seen the field. Uh, Matt, it, should it, should Skullsgar uh, get get fired here? I mean, they're in fifteenth place. How long do you leave them that low before you're like, you know what? 
we're supposed to be in the top four. We just finished top four last year. How long do you leave it? I know it's still early, but once we get to Christmas, I mean, it's going to be Christmas only a month away. Yeah. And I think, I I think what's going to be hard though is determining if they continue to struggle in the premier league, but they continue to, to play really well in the champions league. I, I do think that makes it harder because then you have to wonder what's the difference between. And I, I know that there's been times where teams don't perform very well in the league, but you're watching them play really well in Champions League, and they make you know group state. They get out of group stage. They go to knockouts. Maybe even make quarters, semifinals. But then they struggle in their own league. So I, I guess it's kind of weird to see it happening. But if they continue to struggle and they they aren't getting these results against top teams. I would say around the Christmas time, no matter how they're doing in Champions League, you really have to think about maybe making a switch. And you know what? If we always mention his name, but if if Potticino is um, if if he's out there and you decide to make this change, you've got to go for him. Because at this point, you almost have to go. Are they gonna? Is he gonna possibly go to City if if he gets a shot? But he would be a really good signing for them with what he was able to do at Tottenham. And you really have to think, is he he might be the better option? Because even then, he's got Champions League success. So then if you're still playing well there, you could go to him and know that you know he has had success in this competition as well. And he can get us into a better spot in our actual regular season. Because um, right now, whatever he's doing, if, if his plan is to not play his better players because he didn't want a better player i don't most people would get fired from their jobs if that if that happened if at my work if they got me a better phone system and i went i don't want to use that i want to use dial-up internet they would look at me with like i had 10 heads and probably call me in to have a meeting you know i just if, if you're given better assets you should be using those and not trying to stick it to your boss and I think if he continues to go this way, I, I don't see how you can't really look into it and go, we got this Champions League runner-up coach who has shown success in Europe and success in England. How can we not make this change? And I don't think anyone would question it if they did. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking here. If we look at his uh, first 100 games in charge here, which is, I think he just had his 100th, 100th league game uh, uh, on Sunday, because this article is updated today. Uh, he's had <clears throat> 55 wins, 21 draws, 24 defeats, uh, placing him actually third in the all-time list of United managers. Uh in Ferguson's first 100 games, he had had 48 wins, 31 draws, 21 defeats. Um, when we compare it to Jose, let's look at somebody more recent uh, with Jose. He won 62 of his first 100 with 23 draws and 15 losses, and he got fired. So at this point, I don't even see the reason in, in you know, and, and at least then, uh, you know, Jose won the Europa League and won the uh, EFL Cup uh, in his first season, at least. But um, Solskjaer hasn't done anything of note. Like, I know when they replaced Jose, they went on a tear with Solskjaer. But pretty much as soon as they made him permanent manager, uh, they started falling apart again. So, not really sure. Uh, Then they had some new blood with Bruno Fernandes last year that helped push them. Uh, plus the millions of penalties they got last year that helped push them over the edge, but uh, not looking so good for Manchester United. So if you're a Manchester United fan, you know, give us a, you know, leave us a tweet or an email. Let's us know if you think he should be fired or if it goes deeper than the manager. Because you know, since Ferguson left, this club has been in shambles. And when you, yes, when you look at Ferguson's record in his first 100 games, that was also 1986, you know, like football has changed quite a lot. And, uh, you know, the money that the squad that they've put into this with Paul Pogba and uh, uh, and Rashford and Martial and all these all these players that they've either brought in or tried to ease in from the youth squad. 
they should be doing a lot better than they are. Bruno Fernandez, uh, Van de Beek, who doesn't even play. Let's move on to Tottenham Hotspur, who have been on quite a hot spur lately. They've won 2-1 against Brighton, uh, 13 minutes in. Harry Kane with the penalty kick. Then 56 minutes in, Lamptey scores for Brighton. And then 73 minutes in, Gareth Bale gets his first Premier League goal uh, back from his stint at Real Madrid. Logan, uh, any thoughts here on Brighton and Tottenham? Yeah, Tottenham look good. I think they've fixed some of their problems that they were having early on in the year where they seem to just be in a kind of a uh, a lull of, of where to go on attack. And that was quickly fixed by the Harry um, uh, show, which continues to roll on. And I think that when, when you play Tottenham, you almost have to go into it going, okay, I might have to score three or four here. Because I, I know that they're going to score a lot. Uh, and keeping up with their attack is really, really difficult. I do, I do think it's weird, though. The Deli Alley thing c- continues to confuse me. I don't know. Like, I, I want to know what's going on. Because it just I think it's a fun story. Because it's like, where is he? I mean, nobody's seen him. Nobody knows where he is. He's got to be sitting on the couch somewhere. Because, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Tottenham. But obviously, that's... I think changed the mentality of the team. I have no idea. Um, and maybe that's why they're playing so well. They're just keeping him out of the side now because they're like, well, you know, we are playing pretty well. So, but no, I, I think Jose's got to make a good spot. I think that their attack looks phenomenal and I'm not sure, you know, how you really beat them if you can't stop their attack. Yeah. And they've been all the way up now to, Third place of the Premier League, only two points behind Liverpool. Uh, Matt, any worries about Jose's Spurs catching Liverpool? No, I, <laughs> the first <some> reason <laughs> I never. I'm. I don't know what it is about that team, but they. I. I think it's because they match up really well with Liverpool. They're the way they play doesn't tend to relate very well against Liverpool so I, I they don't even don't have really to face either. Liverpool though to overtake you they could just you I, know there's just something I, I don't really think they have a, a strong defense I think their midfield is also not the greatest their attack is crazy is crazy good but I do want to see how they fare against City I want to see them face Liverpool I want to see them go up against these teams and really see what happens um, they're definitely strong in attack, and I do have an issue with the Kane penalty that occurred because I fully don't believe it was on foul on anyone other than Harry Kane um, because I, I I think that call was awful. But that's what Harry Kane does is he he tends to get under the player that jumps and happens to run into them, and then he gets you know fouled per se, I guess. Um, but I'm not. I'm not too concerned it's until I see Tottenham consistently play in a manner where they look threatening offensively and defensively. I just, for some reason, there's something about them that doesn't tend to stoke fear into my eyes or or any of that. All righty. I guess we can move on uh, to today's games. Fulham. To West Brom, nil. Logan, you did your own prediction for this one when we did not, and you got this one wrong. You said a nil-nil draw, and it'd be the most boring game. But Fulham get their first win of the season. Twenty-six minutes in, Reed scores for Fulham. Then thirty minutes in, Ina scores uh, for Fulham to make it two-nil over West Brom, and they climb out of the relegation zone and are now sitting pretty in 17th place uh, with how many points? Four. One more point than West Brom. Uh, Any thoughts, Logan, on Fulham finally digging their way out of the relegation zone? I think we may owe some Fulham fans an apology for just how much we burned them last week. Yeah, I I think that they're... Their signings have actually played pretty well. I, I know uh, Robinson Luk- played well today. Yeah, Robinson was good. Lookman's really good, um, and 
when he creates, it's very difficult for teams to to stop their attack because Mitrovic actually played pretty well, and that was shocking. He didn't score, but he set the end up, of the match. Yeah. yeah, he set up some nice uh, passes with, or set up some nice uh, goals with with a few passes there, and I think that you know they actually looked decent. Like West Brom, um, although they haven't fared well, they haven't been like completely a disaster. Um, so I don't know, like, I don't know how to, much to take from this game because they're both not great, but I do think Fulham actually has now a chance to try to challenge for the 17th, 16th, maybe, um, their attack did look a lot better today. I'll give them that. Uh, but again, they, they'll just get absolutely demolished by the rest of the table up above, you know, well, I mean, I can't say 15th cause that's where the United is, but, um, <laughs> but I think teams above, you know, them and you know those 14 12 13 they'll just still get smashed up by them but they do look better i'll give i'll give some full fans some credit here on the show that their attack looked a lot better today matt you still gonna hate on some fulham uh this week or <laughs> no i i you gotta give them credit they this is the kind of game they need to win to to maintain being in the premier league Right. They're not going to they're not going to be beating top teams, but you know, it's going to be who out of the bottom 6 7 teams really, I guess, beat up beat up on each other and obviously you you play every team twice and this is one of the type of games if they win, it gives them not only confidence to to go into their next games, but it does kind of make it look like maybe they can put more above a fight than they were and you know, it's good for them. Like hopefully, you know, I not any issue having them prove us wrong. <laughs> so if they want to go ahead and and win a few more and get themselves out of relegation and and into the Premier League again next year, then that's great for them. And obviously, we hope to see it. Um, but yeah, you know, you just got to give credit to them. They they played well, and you know, I I am happy that they won for them for their fans. So you know, it's all good for them. All right, and then another match here. Leeds United 1, Leicester City 4. None of us got this one right. The closest was probably Matt here with 3-2 scoreline. Just shift that other Leicester, uh, that other uh, Leeds goal over to Leicester. You got the right scoreline. I said 2-2 draw, which wasn't right. And Logan said 2-1, Leicester win. Uh, two minutes in, Barnes scores for Leicester. 21 minutes in, Tielemans scores for Leicester. Then 48 minutes in, uh, Leeds gets a one back with Dallas. Uh, he's playing better than any of the Cowboys. 76 minutes in, Vardy scores <laughs> to make it 3-1. And then 90 plus one minute, Tielemans scores again. Uh, any thoughts, Logan, on Leicester? You had some pretty interesting... Uh, uh, I was busy at work. I could not watch this one. But you said that you saw, what, Leicester very dominant in the first half, second half leads, but then when did that shift to um, – Matt said it shifted when he started watching, but when was that? When was the yes, shift exactly. back to Leicester? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what's weird. Like, if you would have watched, you would have thought it was nuts because you're like, dude, they killed him. Uh, but 45 minutes, I mean, Leicester looked like they were going to score about 100 uh, not really, but they did. They dominated the ball. They got tons of shots. Uh, Vardy looked dangerous, as always, and, and they just played really well. Uh, Barnes played really well. But then, so, like, from halftime to about the 70, I think it was, like, the 76th minute or something like that, Leeds was, like, attacking, attacking, attacking. And Dallas scores really early on in the, right at the beginning of the second half. So then it was only, what, 2-1? Um, and then, yeah, 2-1. So. Then it looked like, okay, well, then, but then Leeds kept getting stuff to where it was like in the box. Defenders were everywhere for Le- uh, Leicester just trying to fly around the box, trying to find um, somebody to get close to, but they just couldn't. I mean, I'm, Leeds was having their way, crossing balls into the box. They had one. I'll have to, like, you'll have to, I'll have to see if I can pull up, like, this shot um, that Hernandez hit, Pablo Hernandez. He, it, like, comes off of a like a real high ball that was deflected it was like real high up near he takes this one touch and i promise you like he kills it like right at his foot 
and then he hits it and it curves up over the and it hits the post. If it would have hit, I mean, not even an inch lower, it would have deflected right into the goal, but it hit right perfectly and it bounces off the other way. And that's when I thought, I was like, man, they're going to score. They're going to get two too easily here. But then <laughs> Matt turned on the game and all you Leeds fans, that's the reason why they lost, honestly, because Matt turns on the game and <laughs> then the Leicester just took off like a rocket, <laughs> like a James Vardy running through space rocket uh, and never looked back. And now they just destroyed Leeds and they made me look like a damn fool. So, Yeah, I don't believe a single thing you said about the game prior <laughs> to me watching. <laughs> I'm going to send you like the 20 minutes chopped off in like a – an edited video for you. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. Matt, any thoughts on uh, the, the portion you got to watch probably like the last 20 minutes or so? <laughs> Besides Logan being a liar. It was, it was, it was sometime in like the mid fifties, I think is when I, I started watching. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't feel like I have too many thoughts. on. It. I think Lester, I would almost consider Lester to be in terms of, if you ranked them, Lester, Liverpool, Leicester, and Leeds, I think, are tiers toward the same type of team in terms of how they play. And I think you see Leeds as the third tier. You know, they they have the same type of style, but the talent is not at the same level as a Liverpool or a Leicester. Um, obviously, they're doing really well in terms of the league, and I, I don't think they should have any reason to think they won't be anything lower than mid-table. Uh, but Leicester clearly are a better team, and Rodgers has not playing well. You know, I, he, he knows how to coach teams at the start of seasons, and you just have to see if he can coach them at the end of seasons. All right, let's move on to that table. We've talked about it a little bit so far. In first place is Liverpool with 16 points and a two-goal differential. In second is Leicester, who jumped from eighth to second uh, with their win. Uh, 15 points, eight-goal differential. Tottenham in third with 14 points and a nine-goal differential. And Everton hanging on in fourth with 13 points, four-goal differential. All of them have played seven games. Uh, the highest team that's played six is Aston Villa in eighth place. City in tenth with six games. United in fifteenth with six games. No, where's the other team with six? Uh, there should be four, right? You can't have three. Oh, Burnley with six in twentieth place. So Burnley has a shot to actually, if they win their game, they could get out of the relegation zone as well. Um but that's where we stand right now. Other notables, uh, Southampton in fifth, Wolves in sixth, Chelsea in seventh, Arsenal is now up to ninth. I just mentioned City in tenth. Uh, Newcastle leads up in 11th and 12th. And then as we get towards the bottom of the table, uh, former giant Manchester United kind of in the battle for relegation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love to see it. Uh, Absolutely. Current relegation right now, Burnley in 20th place with two points. Is that right? Two point? No, one point. One point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where, why did I? Oh, you know what? I think I may have messed that up somehow. But they have negative nine goal differential. Sheffield United in 19th place with one, goal, uh, with one point and seven, minus seven goal differential. And West Brom now down to 18th as Fulham climbed out. And they're with three points and a negative 10 goal differential, which is the worst goal differential in the league right now. West Brom's minus 10. When we look here at the golden boot, we have Calvert-Lewin with eight goals, Sun with eight goals, Mo Salah with seven, and Vardy with seven goals. So it's all happening here at the top of the top of the golden boot here. It's been very interesting you got an Everton player a Spurs player a Liverpool player and a Leicester player so pretty much teams in the top four uh, all have somebody that's climbing that golden boot uh my golden boot pick I think was Aubameyang and he is nowhere to be seen <laughs> let's get into our previews real quick here we have Brighton versus Burnley on Friday November 6 12 30 p.m uh Logan do you have any predictions for this 
Brighton and who? Burnley. Twentieth uh, place, Burnley. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh God. That game will be fun. Uh, I'm going to go with the fact that uh, Brighton seemed to be the better team because Burnley can't talk about not creating chances at all. Um, I'm going to go with Brighton. I'm going to go 2-0 with Brighton. All right, Matt. Brighton Burnley. That game sounds really boring. Um, no, yeah, they I'm didn't gonna... say Fulham. He didn't say Fulham. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna. You have to be nice go... today, Logan. Yeah, nice. I'm not, I'm not being mean to them. We're, this is a nice Fulham week. Fulham is. This is a Fulham podcast. Premier League. They're gonna be Europa League champions in two years. <laughs> they uh, almost were <laughs> a few years ago when Clint Dempsey was there. Um, I, I'm. Similar to Logan's prediction, but I'm going to go 1-0 Brighton. Uh, I, I think it's just two teams that struggled. So, Anna will break through and, and get Brighton the win. Uh, I have that as well. 1-0 was my prediction for Brighton. Uh, I would say 2-2 draw, but guess what? I don't think in, I don't think we can get four goals out of that game. <laughs> uh, we also have at 3 p.m. on Friday, Southampton versus Newcastle. Uh, no predictions there. Just uh, that would have been a good one to predict. I'm sorry I did not choose that one. <laughs> Southampton in fifth, Newcastle in like 11th. That would have been a great one to predict. But oh well. Uh, Saturday, November 7th, we have Everton versus Manchester Manchester United. That's at 7:30 a.m. We're back to early times now because we have joined the rest of the world with our clocks. Uh, Logan, your prediction for Everton United. Oh, man, that's a good game, um, especially for teams that are descending down the table. Uh, I really, really, really want to pick against United, but I think Everton actually look worse, and I'm not sure that the the health of the team is quite there. So I'm going to go with United 1-0, uh, just because they both are really just kind of scuttering um, towards the bottom and I don't really know where the goals are going to come from if if James isn't playing or Richarlson's not playing or so yeah I'm going to go with 1-0 United. Logan if fourth place is scuttering towards the bottom what is City doing in 10th? We have a game in hand Jordan if you'd like to look that up Um, and we would be um, not near Everton. (laughs) No you would not yeah if you win that one you would be I think sixth. uh, Let's see. Add three points. It puts you 14th. You would actually be in third place. Oh, see, told told you. Uh, see, duh. Yeah, city all the way. No, but well, he I, says you're gonna win that game. <laughs> uh, it's against who? Against I think we played Villa first, or we were supposed to play Villa, and they suck. <laughs> uh, I don't think they do. They like are Crystal Palace. Eighth They're place, like, still yeah. above you. That's all I gotta say. <sighs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead with Everton 2-1 win. Matt, what do you got? Ooh, I, I'm going, I'm going draw. I'm saying 1-1 draw. I hope not. That sounds boring. All right. Uh, Crystal does, Palace first. You know, <laughs> there are two teams that both tend to struggle to score, especially if Everton don't have certain players playing and if they stay, if they're still out. Obviously, Richarlson is out, um, but I just I two teams that just I, I I don't see either one of them finding a way to win. Yeah, I I don't know. I think uh, United is at the point where they might be giving up on their manager, and uh, I can't see them really giving a crap. Crystal Palace versus Leeds is a 10 a.m. game on Saturday. Then we have at 12:30 Chelsea versus Sheffield. Uh, and so hold on Chelsea versus Sheffield, which means Chelsea plays another bottom three team. Uh, so maybe they get three points. West Ham United versus Fulham is a 3 PM match on Saturday. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we have West Brom versus Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, that's at 7 AM on Sunday, November 8th. Then we have Leicester city versus Wolves. At 9 a.m., which should be a really good matchup. 
then we have uh, some small team, Manchester City versus uh, the Giants, Liverpool at 11.30 on Sunday. <laughs> Logan, what's your prediction there on that match? Mm, small club. Um, wait till we buy Messi and then we'll talk about small. Um, you want a 33-year-old on your team? Sure, go for it. Well, we don't have anybody. Messi's short, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it'd still be a small club. Raheem Sterling is our leading goal scorer with two. Um, So there's that. Uh, No, I'm uh, going to say that uh, City played pretty well at the Etihad against Liverpool. Uh, So I'm thinking thinking City come away with this one because City does look like they're getting back to somewhat normal again. And I do think that Jesus will show up on... Saturday and hopefully he plays uh, or Sunday, sorry. Um, so I'm going to go with City and I'm going to say it's a two-one City win. Matt, so I can I have two predictions? Like one if somebody plays, one if somebody doesn't play. Six uh, to one if Guerrero plays. I but guess I go for it. Who 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 it, are you basing it on it, here? I'm basing it off of Tiago. Uh, okay. Because if Tiago doesn't play, I I personally see this as a a two two draw, an exciting two two draw, um, very back and forth. But I Liverpool do tend to struggle a little at the Etihad. I don't I don't know. I I can't think when their last win was there. It might have been the Champions League, um, the year they lost to Madrid. But I'll definitely probably City doesn't do anything in the Champions League, so it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, um, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> um, but you know, I think both teams are playing well enough. Where I, I without Tiago, I, I see two-two draw. But I, I fully believe Tiago plays. I think Liverpool win, and it sounds weird because he's definitely more of an attacking player. But I, I think if Tiago plays, Liverpool win two-nil because um, I think he places himself right in front of that back four and. Whoever's starting next to Joe Gomez, hopefully Matip, that could be a big factor as well. Um, but I think Thiago is a very big X factor, and if he plays, Liverpool win 2-0. All right, I had a 2-2 draw. Shocking, I know. Of course uh, you did. <laughs> and then we have Arsenal versus Aston Villa uh, at 2:15 on Sunday, November 8th. And that about wraps us up here. Any other last thoughts before we uh, get out of get out of here? Sunday, Sunday's going to be a good slate. There's a good slate of games this week. Those are some high quality matches there. Oh, Sunday I'm going to be glued to the television because it is MLS Decision oh. Day, and the oh, union mean? can uh, <laughs> Decision Day means it's the last day of the season and it's oh, when see. everything's decided. Uh, so we will see. Uh, for me, the Union have a chance of winning their first ever trophy, uh, the Supporter Shield, and that would be if they win. Um, they guarantee it. If they lose, they have to have a few other things uh, happen. But uh, they didn't clinch it this last Sunday when I was just watching, uh, so of course they're probably not going to clinch it. Uh, I've been I've been at two finals for the Union in. Chester, PA, and they lost both of them. Then I was at home watching the third final when they were in Houston, and they lost that one. So it, it pretty much we fold under big games typically. So I'm not expecting much, but it would be nice to win a trophy before we get into the playoffs. Uh, so I'll be doing that, and then, of course, all these games that we have here, and then the evening MLS games. So I'm going to be pretty busy. Uh, but, man, my stateside soccer show will become a lot easier once some of these uh, teams start falling by the wayside here. <laughs> <laughs> Not having to cover, you know, like, they have many more teams in MLS than they do in the Premier League. They're, we're at, like, 26 now, I think, so uh, or more. So uh, I have to talk usually even more games than I do on here. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can contact us on Twitter at Stoppage Show, Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us, Stoppage Time Show at gmail.com. Instagram at Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Got lots of good content on there from Logan, who does his best to update you almost virtually every goal. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's every half. It's usually, you know, the first half of a game, then 
uh, at halftime and then and then the end of the game final whistle and logan is very good at doing that timely and people are very appreciative of that and i am very appreciative appreciative of it logan because it means i don't have to do it so thank you for that um and that about wraps us up so thank everybody for listening and we will catch you all next week yeah, I've got a lot of time with my small club I have to watch. Kane has stolen it at the death! That's what he's there for! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the English Premier League from our perspective, we'll also be talking some Champions League and any other leagues that impact world soccer.